0: We're talking scandals, we're talking championships, and we're talking NFL playoffs. That's right, it's your favorite podcast. You're listening to it right here with your hosts Braxton Poe and Matt Marks.
1: We're back to talk about the cheating Astros, National Championship Breakdown, and NFL Playoff. NFL Championship Weekend is here. Um, But first, make sure you're following us on Spotify, on iTunes, at Burgers Brots, on Twitter and Instagram, at Burgers Brots. And now, we have a special guest... Uh, back with us, Jacob Clements, who is a li- lifelong Astros fan since 2016, and Matt Marks, those two are going to go at it, a nemesis uh, just,
2: for baseball. Just a lifelong Astros fan.
1: Since 2016. All right, so, Matt, take it away, grill him with some facts.
0: Well, let's first break down the facts we know Monday may have been one of the wildest days in MLB history with the conclusion, the report coming out from the commissioner about the MLB cheating scandal. Now here's what we know. So in this report the findings were that the Astros in 2017 used a use of a legal camera feed, uh, you know, various a back room with a camera and then used trash cans. Yes, trash cans, the ones you can find at Target. No, I'm just kidding. But trash cans to help you know the help out you know their hitters, what pitch was coming, all this stuff. well, here's what happened to the Astros. They were fined five million dollars, which is the most amount of money in the rule book that the commissioner can hand out. They lost their 2000, uh, 2000, 2020 and 2021 first and second round picks and what started out as a suspension, one year suspension for manager AJ Hinch and general manager Jeff Luno. Immediately, owner Jim Crane of the Astros said that's not enough and we're canning both of them and they're out. So they're out of a job. Now, later in the day, and we'll talk more on this side too, um, Boston was involved. How was Boston involved? Well, they also did some cheating in themselves. We haven't found out the whole feedback or the whole report yet on that. But who was involved, manager and former bench coach of the Astros in 2017, Alex Cora. Well, the Red Sox followed suit and fired him as well. And I'm telling you, this is crazy stuff. So, Jacob, first I want to get your opinion before I dive into some quotes and then get your opinion on that. As an Astros fan, when all this news broke out, because we talked about it, and you said, I didn't think it was going to be this bad, well, it ended up being pretty bad and worse than you even imagined. What were your thoughts? Cheater!
2: Uh, first off, man, I find it ironic that a Yankees fan is talking about cheating when they literally made all their players inject themselves with steroids. But continuing on, that
1: happened all around the league.
2: Um, and continue- it was one continuing, continuing on, continuing Still on, so
1: better than all the players in Astros history. Thank
2: Con- you. Continuing on, uh, yes, you know this is definitely uh, much worse than I thought, and much worse than Jim Crane thought as well. Who is the owner of the Astros? Um, you know he said himself, and it was corroborated with the report that. He didn't think it was this bad, and that if he had found out about it, because apparently the way that the uh, organizational structure went down here was um, it started with Alex core and Carlos Beltran when he uh, came over with the Astros, um, because he had previously used it with the Mets um, with sign stealing, not to the degree, and then Cora continued to refine the system with the uh, camera, and uh, basically. Uh, Kind of the lowdown here with Hinch um, specifically, you know, he said that he was against it. However, he didn't explicitly stop it, even though he did uh, destroy the monitor a couple times. And uh, Luno <coughs> apparently um, did not find it uh, attention worthy enough to bring it to Jim Crane. So to me as well, like with the rest of the city of Houston, you know, we didn't think we didn't think it was like this and especially the culture that Manfred corroborated like this where players were afraid to kind of speak up at times with um with some with some lower level players with fear of being traded. Um, that definitely I feel like had an impact as well. Um and we didn't think, you know, the front office culture was this bad because as far as you know, being from Houston, uh, you know, that twenty seventeen season, which was According to the report, the only season that it was used, 2018-2019, uh, it was ditched um, when Cora left. Um, it it was just kind of like, that was a really rough year for the city of Houston, you know, with Hurricane Harvey hitting, um, you know, causing millions to, you know, lose something and hundreds of thousands to completely lose their homes. Um, many of my friends were personally affected. And, you know, we kind of rallied around the Astros because, you know, they... You know, we're doing so well, and that was just kind of something that it kind of, um, and this has been kind of the consensus with me and uh, some of the rest of my Houston friends is that it's not been, like, we didn't think it was this bad, and we kind of, uh, we kind of share the opinion of Jim Crane that we really didn't feel like, like, we knew the whole extent of it, and it really hurts. Yeah, you cheated to get a World Series, so.
0: Well, okay, so to, to break down a couple points, because you mentioned, you mentioned a few things, and the first thing you mentioned about the office and the culture, and I have some quotes I want to read, uh, some things uh, from Buster Olney, Jeff Passon, some baseball writers who really do break down that Jeff Luna was not really a light general manager, and, in fact, the culture of the Astros was not very good. And here's a quote from Jeff Passon. He wrote the other day, Information in Manford's report that at, le- quote, at least two emails sent to Luno informed him of replay review room sign decoding about which he did nothing. Luno continued to try to clear himself of responsibility while blaming player and low-level employees working with the bench coach. Now that's, as he mentioned, then he also threw in a funny line saying, well, you know, that if he likes to throw people under the bus, don't let him you know you know run a, you know op- operate a tractor or something. something funny like that. But this is something else. Under Jeff Luno's tenure with the Astros, we have a couple of different cases. We have remember back against the Dodgers, and this was in 2017 when uh, Yuri Guriel made fun of you Darvish, and in fact of that of that racist incident. Now in this article and this was, I believe, uh, I think it was Jeff Passan's article as well talked or another sorry another article was talking about how the Astros may have kind of gone away with the suspension and kept him on the roster to kind of avoid this whatever but that's not the big one how they traded from Toronto Roberto Asuna who Asuna abused his girlfriend right I mean you know assaulted and thought Luno said that bringing him the Astros would bring in positive light but yet the Astros condone this but in 2019, after the Around the World Series, assistant general manager Brandon Taubman went to some female reporters and said, we effing got Osuna. And then the Astros' first response was calling the female reporter, mischaracterizing what she said, and lie, and calling her basically a liar. Jeff Luno uh, from what I've seen, I don't know him personally, but from the stories I've seen on ESPN and everyone that talks about him, was not really a well-liked guy, didn't really treat people right, threw people under the bus, and the Astros' culture, not really as good as it seems.
2: Yeah, and I think it's because, you know, as proud Houstonians, you know, we you know we see the team and, you know, people like Altuve, you know, who are out there having fun playing baseball, uh, you know, after, you know... He was told that he was too short to play baseball. People like Springer, who um, I don't know if y'all know this as well, but had like a stuttering problem throughout his life and overcame that to continue to play baseball. Things like that. We saw that. That, have to do with baseball? that has nothing, no, to, do that has with nothing to do with this scandal. I mean, no, no, no. no. Let me let me finish what? my let me finish my comment. Let me finish my comment. What I'm saying is, is that as far as the culture, the reason that we were kind of shocked by this, even with the whole analytics thing. And basically just to saying, okay, this is player A, this is player B, this is player C. Not putting names to anyone, which I, I've i always kind of had a problem with because it does remove the human factor of the equation. Um, but, you know, we saw how the players were playing and how much they loved to play. You know, we didn't see as much of the front office stuff. You know, I I had my doubts about Osuna when he came on with the history, you know, and how it would be handled. Um and as far as, you know, any sort of apologies or anything like that. Um, but as far as, you know, Houstonians, you know, we saw the team. We saw the players. We didn't necessarily see the front office. Yeah, and so. But, but but, I, no, but, here, but here's, here's the thing. I don't get what this has what to do, do with to? Luno. But here's the, the thing. We saw that we, represented the, that we represented the culture as how the team was playing on the field and how much fun they had playing with each other. We didn't see the culture as what Luno necessarily was doing with analytics all the time, that's
1: every fan base. as as, nothing, analytics, that's every as analytics as analytics
2: just removing the human factor of the equation, and we didn't think it was that bad. Well, that's a that's, lot. That's, a
0: lot of people did see it that bad. And here's one thing. Another quote from Jeff Passan, a a team president, and this was anonymous, said this quote in a, in another article said, "Crane won. The entire thing was programmed to protect the future of the franchise. He got his championship. He keeps his team." His fine is nothing. The sport lost, but Crane won, and that—I mean—that right there—and that opens up the segment. I mean, that opens up another discussion. Do should the Astros keep their World Series? Now, look, I'm—I'm—I'm. I'm, I'm, look, I am fine with them keeping it because you don't take away someone. That opens up a whole whole issue problem. But the Astros championship is tarnished. They will have an asterisk next to their name. This will go down in the history books. Yes, they may have won, but they won at every cost they could take, and they broke the rules, and that will always hurt this team. Funny story. There was, a, a Twitter, uh, there was something I saw on Twitter back, maybe in, uh, before when Justin Verlander was with the Tigers, and he said they need to investigate everyone who's sign-stealing, and then he ends up being traded, and he's part of this team, and he won a World Series. Interesting stuff. But that team is tarnished. You won a World Series, yes. You have it in the history books, but there will always be an Astro. Well, let me
2: me throw something back at you here, Matt. So Manfred, in his report, specifically said that there were more factors other than sign ceiling that specifically stated how games would come out. And one stat was in the 2017 ALCS when the Yankees only scored like a very small amount of runs. And that has more to do with the fact that they were facing dominant pitching, not the fact that oh. the Astros were just going off. Because no,
1: <laughs> no. Please.
2: Okay, hold on here. Let me finish. Let me finish. So it has more to do with the fact that with that, the Yankees just didn't do as good. And it doesn't matter about the sign ceiling. It matters how their players played against the pitching. If you, if you, you cheated did that, every
1: pitch, bro, every pitch. How? Every single game you guys cheated, how are we supposed to hit that? every you know you know what's coming, you know what they're throwing we, how well we yeah to no win? How no no dub
2: pitcher knows what's coming, they're to throwing to win the pitch are
1: cheating the whole game
2: a uh, no dub pitcher knows what's coming, he's throwing the pitch, I mean, but actually though, and then also you know we won on the road in the World Series. there were four games at Dodger Stadium and only three at minute made, okay, and so I feel like yes Not to a degree. On the road. Can you not cheat on the road? Well, the Yankees actually did try when Brandon Talman actually caught a Yankees employee with an iPhone in center field in Minute Made in twenty seventeen taking pictures of Martin Maldonado signs. And I would like to point that out as did well. They ever come out, man? I don't know. I mean look, Ooh, there are a man, lot of Yankees things that go behind so the scenes. But okay, let's
0: bring it back in real quick. And and as we're wrapping this thing up, I want to go another article that Buster only wrote. And this, I, he brings up a good point. The article, check it out on ESPN. It's called The Five Biggest Victims of the Astros Sign St- Stealing Scandal. And I want to mention these five real quick. First is the credibility of recent baseball history. I'm not going to really talk about this. Second one is the opponents. And he mentions a couple people in this, in this, in this article. And please, check it out. He mentions Aaron Judge, who came second to Altuve in, MVP in the MVP race. He said, who knows, again... That year, if things would have changed, what would have happened? He mentions Dave Roberts. Remember, this Dodgers team went to the World Series in 2017 and lost, 2018 and lost. And Buster only mentions a lot of people ridiculed Dave Roberts for his in-game management. Could that have played? Could Clayton Kershaw, you know, had a bad game? And could that have played? Now, look, that's all hypothetical. He also mentioned Joe Girardi. Had the Yankees, if that had played a role, had the Yankees won that game, would Joe Girardi still be the manager? But he remember he got axed after they got out. Then they mention, and I think the MVP of the offseason, I tweeted this out, Mike Fires. Pitcher Mike Fires started this because he exposed the corruption that was going on the Astros. And Buster only mentions in his article, a lot of people are now gonna be bad Mike Fires. But he really is a hero in this situation. He exposed corruption. He mentions the fans, the fans who were deceived, the fans that, you know, are going to not really care about baseball anymore because lowering attendance every year. And now they know baseball is a game of corruption. And then he finally mentioned the Astros' future. Look at the future of this team now. This has a major cloud over the organization. And now it is also spreading. This is a spider web of corruption. It brings the Astros. It brings Alex Corr, which affects the Red Sox. And now they're still talking today, what are the Mets going to do? They just hired Carlos Beltran not even like three months ago. And now are they going to have to let him go? Is is it what's going to have to come to be? So you could be looking. You have two teams now looking for a manager, maybe three. This is huge, a huge scandal. But for the Houston Astros now, they've got a major cloud, Jacob. And I know as a fan, you've got your your strong opinions on this, but you have to agree. There's a major cloud over this franchise, and people now are really going to take a hard look at this team. Is they've got major problems. The players are still there. The front office got canned. But there are major problems within that corruption of a franchise.
2: Well, look, let me tell you as a fan what I see that is going right right now that does bode well for the future and things that also don't necessarily bode well for the future. Trading essentially a lot of our farm system for Grinky, Yes, Grinky's an elite pitcher. We'll still have him for two years. And you know that is something that you know is something that helped, especially in 2019 when we did make it back to the World Series, and we went from there.
1: Didn't he lose every game in the World
2: Series? He actually won in DC, I might add. Who? Uh, Grinky. Oh, uh, and so Verlander. Verlander. Verlander didn't win a World definitely. Series now. So, and I will say as well, that does hurt a lot, especially after our farm system was depleted. Things that are going right. Um, Jim Crane, who, by the way i don't think anyone can debate that he did the right thing because um especially with luno because in my opinion what luno did is morally reprehensible especially to the degree that it happened i don't think anyone can argue that and you know as much as i like alex Hinch, you know his failure to stop it as a leader is something that you know we have to take into account um but you know, Jim Crane clearly is committed, and you know he said himself the report corroborated. Look, I didn't know really like how bad this was, and you know what, some people you know may fault him for you know not necessarily paying as much attention at the t- at some times, but you know what he's now i mean he's the, he's the effective gm he's trying to do things right he's uh, when Springer goes to arbitration court, for example. Um, He's basically already come out and said that Springer will get the money that he wants because that is the right thing to do, and that's what he would do. And he's been sitting on in on this and trying to run the team right from his perspective, which I I think something that should have happened in the first place.
0: You know, the big thing is, and, and Jeff Passan mentioned in his article too, in Jim Crane's press conference, he never said he was sorry. And also... Either in this article, you know, I've seen a couple different articles, but I believe it was also in Jeff Pass's article too. After Brandon Todman thing happened with the female reporters, it took them six days to apologize. So Jim Crane, where's your apology for running a corrupt franchise? I know you own the team, you're not the GM, but you gotta fix it now, and you have not apologized yet. So where's your apology to the other 29 teams in the league? Who you cheated in 2017?
1: Especially my Yankees.
0: And to let this culture—and you know what—and also, yeah, I mean, I just got in with that. Apologize, and let's move on. But right now, Astros have a lot of problems, and I mean, and, and you know, the players took part in it too, and they didn't get punished. No,
2: nope. that's they a whole other been, thing. They should have been. Well, actually, so they actually they up. shouldn't have been right, because there are more factors that go into a game than just that, and that was what. Manfred's report stated so Braxton, please read up on the facts with that. And the
1: facts how the players cheated. Manfred's they report said that they go science? that there were more factors. Trash cans?
2: Manfred's reports that there were more factors that went into winning games than just that. So, and honestly, so that's pure still a factor. That's pure speculation that that who that banged it was the trash cans? <laughs> That it was
1: That's not speculation,
2: no, no, no. that's facts. No, Let me let me finish.
1: Who banged the trash cans,
0: robots?
2: Let me finish. Who? I Go ahead, go ahead. Okay, what I was saying was there were more factors that go into a game than just that, and Manfred's report specifically said that it would be pure speculation to assume that it was just this that went into winning games. And this team is good. We saw it in 2019 and 2018 after Cora left, when Manfred's report did determine that the sign stealing ended after Cora left. We know that this team is good, and that's something that went into it with games, okay?
0: I can't see a worse... Two months for a franchise than what we've seen losing a World Series, GM problems, this whole thing. I can't see a worse time for to be a Houston Astros fan or a
1: Houston fan in general.
0: I mean, it is just it is it is a disaster right now, and so we'll see how this team clears up, how this team you know gets past it. Um, But the Houston Astros were discovered as cheaters, and right now they are the cheaters in the league and we'll see with Alex cor I mean Alex Core what suspension he still can- will be handed down a suspension even though he's not the manager of the Red Sox and we'll see Carlos Beltron will not be but he may still get fired so there's a lot still going to happen we want to hear it let us know on burgers and brought your thoughts because this is one of the this is a, sca- a great off-season scandal to talk about and debate there's a lot here to debate and I could do more of it Braxton's like come on we got to get going we got more to do but
1: we got a lot to talk about yeah. Alright, so that was our heated Astros debate, but now let's talk about a champion who did not cheat to win. LSU defeated Clemson Monday night, 42-25. to Clemson goes up uh, to start the game, Lawrence, Clemson, they're looking sharp, we're like, what? where's this LSU team? They show up, and they show out. Burrow, 463 yards, 5 touchdowns, Chase, 229 yards, 2 touchdowns. That, that game was good, Matt, it... It was a really good game until LSU just took it away uh, starting end of the third. But what are you guys' reactions from that game?
0: That was a long game. I thought yeah, it was it forever. Was
2: it? Really? Well, okay. You see that that is the one of the hallmarks of an SEC game is that games can get really long sometimes and kind of boring. But you know what, Joe Burrow LSU tried to touchdowns to make it long in the SEC. Fair point, Braxton. One of few. Um, but I was. Cheater. I was going to say, uh, some quick winners and losers. Obviously, winners, LSU. Winners, uh, LSU fans, because Neck was brought back, which is essentially their... They played Neck the last few games. Oh, come on. They played Neck, in and Neck, Neck was truly back, though, for this, because for LSU, there it was no bigger game. didn't count the other times.
1: <laughs> yeah, forget the other times. It only came back tonight.
2: It, it truly counted tonight. Now, some losers. Uh, obviously, Clemson. Oh, one more winner. Really? Um, okay, Oklahoma- Booger okay. <laughs> okay, okay. One more winner. Oklahoma's 47-game winning streak will stay intact for the foreseeable future. Um, no more hoping on Mac Brown to hopefully defeat Clemson. Losers, Clemson, obviously. Trevor Just Lawrence, because his uh, uh, draft streak? soft his draft stock tanked. No, whoa, 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 are you kidding me? No, no, are you okay. kidding after, me? No. After some of no. what okay. happened okay. after oh, some no. of what happened. Dude, are, no. Did you watch the game? Oh no. yes, I did. Oh my
1: God. This dude has lost in college football until the national championship against LSU. Who's one of the best
2: teams to ever win the national championship. Are you kidding me? I am not. Oh my
1: God. And oh, this, this is
2: an opinion that is shared it's by, a by a other sports opinion. writers.
1: No, it's not. And one more loser,
2: one more loser. Bourbon Street. Bourbon Street really took an L that night. I, was it in I don't L. know how that happened. Everyone who is on Bourbon Street had a dub. The home team won. Bourbon Street, as far as a street in general, just an L. That place was wrecked. I don't it's know if y'all saw the wrecked. photos from Bar Soul, but that thing was especially wrecked in the morning. But great celebration, fellas. Hey, few great wins. How
1: was an L when the home team wins and then they celebrate on their own street?
2: Uh, I said the physical street took an L. Not no, the street
1: looks the exact same. Oh, have you ever come been on. To Bourbon street? Oh,
2: I have. I was actually born in Louisiana, Braxton. Oh, so on Bourbon Street. Okay.
1: All right. So, Tre- Trevor Lawrence took the first loss of his career, and it was in a national championship game.
0: That is, and a, the dude still balled out. That's a hot take that really isn't even take. That's wrong. I mean, that draft stock can't take a hit. That's his first loss, and it's a national championship game, and it wasn't a blowout. One of the best teams to ever win a national championship
1: they
2: played, too. Okay, but look at the ACC. Clemson's biggest challenger this year, the only game that they even came close to losing is against Mac cut okay, who, about- who, cu- who literally just came back to the ACC. Okay, and Trevor Lawrence, when faced with that dominating LSU defense, we saw that he made a lot of high hey, passes. Like nothing, he made a, he hey, started to make early. a lot of high passes. He was inaccurate at times. Is it his fault? Is defense gonna stop anyone. No, I mean that's not his fault. But what I am saying is that his passing skills, especially with pressure, back to
1: twenty to twenty-five.
2: You can have a you can
0: be the dominant team in a weak conference, but still have a bad quarterback. Trevor Lawrence has done great. This The conference is weak, but if he's dominating, he's still a dominating player.
2: And we saw what happened when, and Braxton actually tweeted this out as well, what happens when Trevor Lawrence and Clemson faces I said a dominant Clemson, defense. Clemson, not Trevor Lawrence.
1: But, okay, Clemson, me and Matt have talked about this all year. They have played a terrible schedule. ACC is the weakest conference. But Trevor Lawrence did not have a great first half. But the second half of the
0: season, the dude is balling out. And I mean look what he did against Ohio State to have to rally in that game. That was him. After getting a headshot down 16 to nothing.
1: They come back and win that game.
0: Now, we'll disagree Braxton, I think you may have tweeted out something that you said that in the LSU game was when Clemson first was finally facing competition. Ohio no, State was good right. competition. They were right?
1: a good competition, but okay. they, I, I said this on the podcast. They had a month to prepare for Ohio State and anything can happen then. Ohio State can come out cold. You saw what happened with OU. Their defense didn't look as good. Jalen did not look as good after a month off.
0: But I will say Ohio State was first no, yes. a real test competition. Right, yes. So yes. I want to you know right. clarify. With limited time, I mean. okay, right. but but yeah, no, but Trevor Lawrence, there's no hit on the draft stock. I mean, even the draft stock's even going up after oh, no. for sure after this season. He's going number one next year. So
1: so I want to ask this guy this question. This was on ESPN, stuff. So I know I know what Cle- Clements is going to say now. But who has the bet? Who will have the better career? Or who will have the longer career? Burrow's twenty-three, Trevor Lawrence is twenty-one. Who will have the better overall career in the NFL?
0: You know, I think I've got. I think I really have to actually. This is tough. I'm gonna go Joe Burrow. Now I know if he goes to Cincinnati, I'm so sorry for him. Um, but I I think Joe Burrow really. I mean, he's electric. You give him the wide receivers, he's electric. I'm gonna go Burrow.
1: I'll have AJ Green, Joe Mixon, uh, Tyler Boyd, uh, some others. See who else they get in the draft. But yeah. Uh, I've got to go, Burrow, right now. I'm going, Burrow. I don't know why I'm going, Burrow.
2: Uh, I'm gonna go, Burrow. I'm gonna say that, especially you know when he adjusts to the NFL in Cincinnati, you know, he may take a little bit of a hit, especially because number one at Cincinnati and number two he would be a rookie in the NFL. Um, so definitely, you know, he may take a little bit of a hit there. Um, but as far as better overall career, I feel like Burrow is more suited, and Burrow, especially once he gets on with a contender in the NFL after he's done Cincinnati. If Cincinnati doesn't become a contender, um, Burrow definitely I think will have the better career.
1: Um, so I want to ask you guys this after the game. Uh, Odell Beckham was seen handing cash to uh, LSU players. LSU came out and said it was fake, wasn't real cash, and then Joe Burrow the next day, or uh, a few days later, goes on uh, Barstool and says it was real cash. So... What are your guys' thoughts on that?
0: Well, Joe Burrow now has put the LSU AD in hot water because it was the AD who came out and said that. So now your AD lied. Um, yeah, it's not a good look. But is it his problem though? No. But LSU now got to figure out and answer that problem. So yeah, that's that's trouble for LSU to deal with.
2: I mean, as far obviously as far as NCAA regulations, you know, that's a huge trouble. Even with you know them announcing that um, they're you know going to definitely start looking into paying players which means the ncaa will do nothing um as they always usually do in these scenarios um honestly though as far as people in louisiana i don't think they're really going to care i'm pretty sure half of them are still kind of hung over and the other and they're all excited about winning a national championship Well,
1: obviously they're not going to care it's their so. team and odell but here's some so the players don't get paid but here's how much the coaches are making so after that win, uh, Coach O got $500,000 in bonuses and ends the season with $1.775 million in on-field bonuses. And Dabo made a $600,000 bonus uh, over the season, and he's totaled over $4.8 million in bonuses. So it's a lot of money. Uh, payers should be played. I don't know if Odell should have been handing out straight cash like that.
0: No, that was terrible. And if you're a compliance guy or anybody working where LSU, you're like, oh my gosh, no! Terrible.
2: Wait, yep. LSU has a compliance department.
0: <laughs> I remember the whole basketball thing. There's a lot there with LSU.
2: You can oh, talk when about. Ben Simmons was enrolled in one online class that he never actually did any work for. Oh
1: uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, maybe LSU cheated with the Astros. Maybe. All right, so uh, that's our national championship breakdown. Moving to on this day in history, make sure you're following us on Burger, or at Twitter and Instagram at Burgers Brots, Apple Podcasts and Spotify at Burgers Brots. So in 1535, Clements, I know you were alive for this. Actually, you kind of look like the dude. All right, so Henry VIII uh, declares head of church declares himself the head of church of England. And then in 1892. Matt, can you guess this one? It's sports-related. I have no clue. The Basketball Rules by Nate Smith were published.
2: And then one year later, Kansas proceeded to start paying players. And then, okay. <laughs> okay.
1: 2001, Wikipedia was launched, and in 2009, The Miracle on the Hudson.
0: Nice. And we got uh, some birthdays. Happy birthday, Joan of Arc. MLK. Drew Brees, and what else happened on this day, Clements? In 1967,
2: the first World NFL-AFL championship, later known as the Super Bowl, was played in Los Angeles between the Green Bay Packers and the Kansas City Chiefs. Which we
1: could get a rematch. We'll talk about that later in the episode.
2: State Farm. (laughs) Please pay me.
1: Alright, so some other sports news that we've got to get into. Luke Kuechly uh, made a surprise retirement last night, 28 years old, 2013 defensive MVP, said it was the right thing to do, He, this is interesting, he could be the first ever Panther elected into the Hall of Fame, he's gone to five Pro Bowls, uh, five time All-Pro, and he's led the league in tackles since 2012, and there's a 90% chance he gets into the Hall of Fame, so guys, I believe he should be in the Hall of Fame, what about you guys?
0: Yeah, I mean, he's a great player. And, you know, it's shocking how young he's retiring. But look at look at the sport with the concussions and everything. Get out while you can, you know, on your, on your own will. And obviously a very tough decision for him because he it's a sport he's played his whole life. He's going to miss it. Um, but he's making the right decision for great himself. Great
1: player. Great player.
2: Amazing, per- amazing player. Amazing person. Definitely deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. And definitely wish him the best of luck in his future career and hope that um he still retains good health from even after football
1: all right so another player who retired tight end antonio gates uh honestly he's one of the best ever tight ends he's up there top three ever 16 seasons undrafted eight pro bowls and he never played football in college that this dude had a remarkable career as being a bronco fan i got to watch him play a lot And we cannot stop him. So I think he should be in the Hall of Fame. Great, great tight end. One of the best, for sure. And then Larry Fitzgerald um, says he will return for his 17th season. So maybe uh, that will help for Kyler Murray. And maybe he'll be able to pair with CeeDee Lamb. Should be a dynamic duo. Jason Garrett interviews for the Giants uh, offense coordinator position. Matt, would you like
0: to see him in New York? Sure, and then they'll be good, and it'll just be a laughing joke. So, yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. Give, Jer- give uh, Jason Garrett a job. I'm all for it. All
1: right, and then Wednesday, next Wednesday, Matt, Zion returns against the Spurs. What are we expecting from him? Oh,
0: returns, you mean makes his debut. <laughs> makes we his finally debut. get to see him. I mean, I you know, can't expect too much early on. I mean, we're going to see some really explosion and uh, some cool uh, dunks and things like that, I'm sure, early on. But, again, give him some time. He's come back. You know, from major, major, uh, you know, foot issues and things like that. So I think
1: he goes off for
0: twenty. All right, we'll see. I'm not making any predictions, but it will be cool to see. Yeah,
1: I'm excited to see him play. And then something that may uh, make people hate Joe Burrow when he gets drafted number one to Cincinnati. He says he hates skyline chili. You guys ever had skyline chili?
2: I have not. It doesn't sound as good as Texas chili. Well, anything's better than Texas chili. Except
1: Skyline Chili. False, false. Skyline Chili is the worst thing you will ever have in your life. It Don't ever try it. Trust me, it's terrible. So I'm with Joe Burr on that one.
0: We apologize to everyone listening that might be associated with Skyline Chili. Uh, you can email us at BraxtonPoe. <laughs> we,
2: we also apologize uh, for Braxton to Texans everywhere as he has just offended all of us. So please... Give him a little bit of leeway, but not too much. is a better state than Texas.
0: And you can email him at Braxton Poe.
1: Please Hi, how DM him at Burgers Brats. How are your Houston um, teams doing this year, Clements? All right, so, yeah, never try Skyline Chili. And that is our sports updates. Next, moving into NFL Championship Weekend. Uh, Tennessee hand heads to uh, Arrowhead to face Patrick Mahomes in that electric offense. Uh, Kansas City is a seven-point favorite. Tennessee's 5-1 against the spread the past six meetings with Kansas. Kansas is 6-0-1 the last seven overall. Derrick Henry's averaging 6.8 yards per carry in the playoff.
0: Matt, who's winning this game? Kansas City. Big? Do they cover? It will be close. It will probably be within seven. That's what I'm saying. It'll be a close game.
1: Matt, let me tell you this.
0: All right, Tennessee won the first
1: meeting this year. 35-32. Patrick Mahomes had over 400 yards, five touchdowns. They played a great game and they still lost. The Pat or they we have had 7 um championship game rematches over the past 5 years. And the winner of the first game has won uh 6 of those times and the only loss was when the Saints were screwed against the Rams. So there's an asterisk at that one.
0: Does that change your pick? No, Kansas City, baby.
2: All right. Clements Uh, i got to go Kansas City for two reasons here. One, I believe Mahomes is the more dominant quarterback. Uh, Kansas City, even with their defense, um, is still the more dominant team. Listen to this. Um, Tannehill
1: versus Brady. Tannehill versus Lamar. Uh, Who won that game? Who won those?
2: Tennessee did both win them, but I feel like this is going to be like a Jags uh, when they made the AFC Championship type scenario. They're going to run into Kansas City, uh, get going to the meat grinder. And uh, Mahomes and company will come out with the win on this, and then also, as much as it pains me to root for Kansas City, considering that they beat my Texans, um, I cannot in good conscience root for the Titans after Bud Adams ripped them away uh, from Houston. Okay, so I've got. And so, therefore, Kansas City. I think they'll win by fourteen. Matt, don't hate me on this.
1: I'm going Tennessee. Okay. I'm going Tennessee to win. Tannehill beat Tom Brady on the road. He beat Lamar Jackson and the Ravens on the road. Why can't he beat Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs on the road? Why not?
0: Hand the ball to Derrick Henry. Go for the trifecta.
1: He's averaging 9 yards per carry.
0: Go for the trifecta.
1: Why not? I mean, America doesn't want to see it. Uh, most people don't want to see it, but I've got Tennessee winning the 7 rematches thing. It, it got me. Alright, and then this next game, uh, NFC game, Green Bay at San Francisco. Uh, Aaron Rodgers returns home. San Francisco is a 7.5 point favorite. Now this is a, another rematch from Week 12 when San Francisco put the beat down on them. And here's a stat. San Francisco is 7-19 and 19 in the past 26 games at home when favored. That's not good, Matt. That's not good at all. So, Matt, who are you going with in this one?
0: You know... Matt Lafleur has done a great job at Green Bay, and that Week Twelve matchup is going to haunt him again. I'm going all San Francisco.
2: I uh, you know what? I'm going to go Green Bay. I feel like Aaron Rodgers will work some of his playoff magic, but I feel like it's going to be a close game. I say Green Bay wins by a field goal.
1: Uh, th- this game is tough to pick. Uh San Francisco. That defense though, they are legit. Uh, first in passing, second overall. They're. They're leading um, even Green Bay in all stati- statistical errors, offense and defense. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going San Francisco. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Green Bay pulls it off because I love Aaron Rodgers. I know he's been there, but I'm going San Francisco to win.
2: Maybe if Aaron Rodgers would talk to his family, he would win another Super Bowl.
0: I've always said that myself, yes.
2: Maybe. Just maybe.
1: All right, so that's our NFS. Er, Our championship weekend matchup next moving into our final segment who would we share a burger and brought with I'm going to share mine with Serena Williams who won her first title in three years and has donated the $43,000 prize money to Australia Fire Relief
0: I'm going to share mine with uh, and I'm still heated over it the 29 MLB teams that got screwed by the Astros you're getting a burger on us everyone
1: should, all those 29 teams should get a ring they should hand them Well, we're not series. giving out stuff to everyone. Hand
0: but we'll out. give out a burger.
2: There you go. All right. Um, you know, honestly, I kind of want to just share a burger with Patrick Mahomes. I feel like he's a great guy. I feel like he's going to do great. And you know what? I kind of want to see how much ketchup he's going to put on. I'm going to share a burger with Patrick Mahomes. He does
0: make a good point with ketchup. That Doesn't is he a, put ketchup in his mac and cheese? Put ketchup on everything. Ketchup
2: weird. is good, though. Mahomes truly is a legend, though, trying to bring Whataburger to Kansas City, so I applaud him for that as well.
0: There you go. Biggest fan right here, except not last week. That's Either. crazy, because In-N-Out was better. That's, w- that's really weird. Wow, we're getting a big that's discussion really here. That's really weird. Why would you want That's Water a discussion burger? for next time, I think. That'll be a good one. Well, it'll just be you and me next time, Matt. But we'll have Clements phone in or call in or write in. Actually, phone and calls the same thing. We'll have you write in your discussion on why <laughs> In-N-Out is worse than Whataburger.
1: DM us on Twitter, okay, Clemens? We'll, we have you blocked, but you can still send us something.
2: Oh, I have you blocked, too. Good.
1: All right, so that's our podcast. Uh, thanks for listening. Make sure you're following us on Spotify, uh, on Apple Podcasts, at Burgers Brots, Twitter, and Instagram,
2: at Burgers Brots. From Matt and I, thanks for listening, and take care.